ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Connecting with Film, Bonding Over the Big Screen. This week, Fantastic Mr. Fox. To our podcast this week we're talking about fantastic mr fox which was written by excuse me which was directed by wes anderson written by roald dahl wes anderson and noah bombach um which is based on the original story by roald dahl and it stars george clooney meryl streep and bill murray um this is a wild movie. If you're familiar with Wes Anderson, I would describe this as very Wes Anderson, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe even more so than a lot of his other films, since it is animated. It's stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, since it is animated, that means you're literally creating everything for the film. Um, so it is fully, fully immersed in the Wes Anderson world. Um, we follow this Fox, Mr. Fox, who used to be a criminal stealing chickens um, because he's a fox and <laughs> his wife asks him to change to settle down because she's pregnant and he agrees but that turns out to be something he can't keep to and he gets into all kinds of new mischief and trouble with this trio of farmers who he begins to steal from and uh, this world has this weird kind of like hybrid animal people they can all talk to each other and interact <laughs> normally and everyone wears clothes and stuff. Um, and yeah, things just get crazier and crazier. There's a nephew who comes in and makes the son feel um, uh, incompetent. Um, all kinds of different things going on. Um, let me actually just read the storyline thing instead. This right. is the story of Mr. Fox, George Clooney, and his wild ways of hen-haggling, turkey-taking, and cider-sipping, nocturnal, instinctive adventures. He has to put his wild days behind him and do what fathers do best, be responsible. But he's too rebellious, too wild. He's going to try just one more raid on the three nastiest, meanest farmers around. And it's the tale of crossing the line of family responsibilities and midnight adventure and the friendships and awakenings of this country life that is inhabited by fantastic Mr. Fox and his friends. Thank if you're you, going to cuss with somebody, fan. you're not going to cuss with me, you little cuss. <laughs> I love that. If what I think Are is you happening, cussing me right now? <laughs> what I think is happening is happening. It better not be. That was a, that was a fantastic <laughs> line. By Felicity. Yeah, that's probably my favorite line from the movie. Uh, it's it's so it's such a funny movie. Um, the whole world and everything. Uh, I, by the way, am Derek, a filmmaker. With me today is uh, Melanie. Hello, it's me. And Sweet Perry. Hello. He just gets sweeter and sweeter all the time. <laughs> What'd you guys think about this film? I know it was, it was my pick. I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, and I had never seen this before. Oh, really? Wow. Very cool. Yeah. This was my second viewing, and on the first viewing, it like, I don't know. I just maybe was not expecting what I was going to get, and it was funny, but also like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't, it was like, 
just an eh movie the first time I watched it, but then I watched it again last week and was like, okay, this is way too clever and funny of a movie for me to not rate it a little higher than I did last time. So definitely was a better watch the second time around. I just appreciated the the comedy a lot more, the quips, the wittiness. Mm-hmm. Very funny, yeah, quick, very quick-witted witty. dialogue. I think the dialogue kind of runs the show with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think... I believe this is my first Wes Anderson movie. Derek, have you ever forced me to watch a Wes Anderson movie before this? It's very possible. <laughs> That's the only thing I can't I can't remember. But um I'm pretty I haven't seen definitely haven't seen any of the ones in the last couple of years. So um I yeah, I think similar to Perry, I think I wasn't really didn't really know what I was getting into. Um but I liked it, obviously, because I like everything. Um but I yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those that's more like, um, more like ha than like actively like laughing out loud. I think for me, but I I do I think it was very clever. Um, I think my one qualm with it was I think George Clooney did a really good job, but I kept wishing it wasn't him because mm. I could only. His voice, I think, is too familiar to me, and I could, like, only see George Clooney in my head, and I wanted it to be a voice that, like, blended in a little bit more, even though I do think I see why they cast him, because I think I can picture this character live action played by George Clooney, but I think that was also a problem for me, because, um, mm-hmm. like, Meryl Streep, she's also uber famous, but I think her voice blended in more, Um and yeah. so it just it stood out like a, kind of like a sore thumb for me. They're like, oh, yeah. this is George Clooney. Like almost every time he did a like a um, a big speech or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. But, I think yeah. there's. Sorry, go ahead, Derek. Oh, uh, I think maybe that along with um, I think that the Fantastic Mr. Fox is pretty unlikable, honestly. Mm. Um, That's fair, and that's part of the movie is like him growing and maturing. Mm-hmm. But I think in like the first, you know, two thirds of the movie, he's pretty unlikable and irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't really listen to others. Well. And so I think him standing out in that way from the other characters, as well as having a very distinct voice actor mm-hmm. in a very stylized world, um, had a, a kind of like, feeling that i feel like i don't get as much Mm -hmm. in a lot of other wes anderson movies but i think like the color scheme of it i think i think it looks amazing oh it's gorgeous yeah if you like symmetry wes anderson will be a viewing pleasure and again it's just it's just so clever like i can't remember a movie in recent recently that i've seen that i would say is like on par with cleverness to this one mm-hmm. if you want a, a quick example of this movie's cleverness watch the scene where they do their whack bat uh, yes or the owen they, wilson as the coach yes. as like a, a brief cameo and they do a they do a quick like how do you play how is this game played and it, I, it, the t- intent of it is that it will make no sense and mm-hmm. and it's fully succeeds, it succeeds. at that yeah, but it's just... but it explains a ton of stuff yes. really fast. And then, but then it comes back later, like when the son like saves them from like the chicken coop or whatever by yeah. essentially playing whack bat. And yeah, it, and, and did you great. notice uh, the Mario, the Super Mario um, 
like nod or reference. So when mm-hmm. uh, Ash is running um, maybe away or something at the end and he's like jumping over things and like it's it's a clear <laughs> Super Mario reference. He's like jumping, he's jumping. like jumping over like, boxes. Yeah. And then there's like a flag in the foreground that he like jumps past and then the scene <laughs> kind of ends. And I'm like, oh, there is. That's oh, 100% that. a Super Mario reference. That's funny. I missed that. What were some themes y'all found themes. in this? I think uh, n- nature hmm. is definitely a theme um, because we see Mr. Fox, George Clooney's character. There's a scene where he's talking with his wife after she found out and he's like, I just don't know what it is. I guess I'm just a wild animal, mm-hmm. um, which he is because they're foxes. Mm-hmm. Um but it's like his whole thing of like, my nature is to be a wild animal. The only things I'm good at are stealing and getting chickens and stuff and killing chickens um, in one bite, killing chickens <laughs> in one bite. Yeah, that's all I've ever been good at. And that's the thing I'm not supposed to do to be, you know, a father and responsible. And how Felicity just goes, I'm pregnant at the worst time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say a theme uh, is greed, for sure, all throughout. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. For everybody. uh, Yeah, for all the characters. Greed of the the three, like, I mean, business owners or farm owners. Yeah, farmers. Um, They are, things are being stolen from them, and they are, like, putting their entire wealth into killing this fox. So it goes from, like, greed to just, like, evil. Um, Yeah. And then, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of greed within uh, Mr. Fox himself as well. Um, but it's like it's not like he's just like greedy because like he's trying to rob from them because he like wants all the animals. I mean, I think a lot more of it is more about like ego and pride and like he wants to be known as the fantastic Mr. Fox. He says it yeah. in the middle of the film, and yeah. So those are the kind of the main yeah, themes. He's focused about. on being fantastic mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to Yeah, that was whatever. That was the one thing I picked up on. Or one of the things. Yeah, I think just this idea of like wanting recognition and like wanting to be like well known and loved. And I think that is a theme that like a lot of people can relate to. Um, maybe not to the extremes. I think obviously Mr. Fox takes it to the extremes, but in in doing so, I think a lot of a lot of people could could see, you know, to an extent why he's doing what he's doing because he just he just wants to be fantastic and he just wants the recognition and and the love that he and feels. also not to be poor, right? Also that. Mm. Yeah, I think that talking about themes, the farmer's revenge mm. is a big thing. And they kind of go back and forth with tricking and stealing from the others or dealing a blow, the fox versus the farmers. Um, and ultimately, we see the farmers invest a lot more in vengeance. Um, and the fox kind of being like, I like I can give that stuff up. I just want to have my family back and safe and all this kind of stuff. And when they kind of turn to caring about each other and community and stuff 
and let vengeance or egos die, they end up in a great sewer complex that is right below a grocery store mm-hmm. um, that is owned by the farmers. So in the end, <laughs> the farmers still are hurting themselves they get their through just their dessert. vengeance. Yeah, yeah, and a bit of uh, environmentalist themes there as well of of how mm-hmm. like they try so hard to to get these animals that are stealing from their farms that they end up in the sewers, which is you know not unreal, you know. So yeah. that men are destroying those environments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another theme I picked out was. Uh, I mean, we talked about pride, uh, but also socioeconomic status. There was a line um, that kind of drove part of the beginning of the film when um, Fox was like, my father lived in a hole his whole life. I'm not going to raise this family in a hole. You know, we're going to go get a tree. Mm-hmm. And and Felicity was just <laughs> like, like, but maybe we're meant to live in a hole yeah you know, it's safer we're or whatever it's, it's not because yeah, we're, we're poor it's because it's you know what we're supposed to do yeah so that was another thing too that the, like the the driver of status and you know when he talks to mm-hmm. bill murray's badger character in a funny exchange of course um yeah. as it always was yeah just talking about like like the 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 reason like he's like do not buy this tree and he's like just buy it you know he, he it's all about the the status more more than anything else even if it's putting his family in danger um so yeah i think i mean i think that just further underscores the bit about him wanting to be fantastic it's like it's mm-hmm. all about keeping up appearances and like i want to be the greatest i want to be the first fox to like live in a tree and like be successful and be known as like that fantastic mr fox whose family lives in a tree and you know um and I think, yeah, that ends up being part of his, his downfall or, you know, some obstacles in his arc. Um, another thing I think worth mentioning is the relationship between the two cousins, the Mr. Fox's son and then the cousin that they take in because his dad is sick. And I think it, it goes back to like the nature thing. Like he's similar to Mr. Fox is like, I'm a wild animal. It's what I do. He keeps saying over and over, like, oh, look at Christofferson. He's such a natural. Like, he's a natural. He was born to be an athlete. He was born to be a diver. He was born to, you know, play this stupid sports game. And <laughs> um, and that really makes his own son feel unloved and, and worthless. And, like, he isn't good at anything or, do- like, his dad doesn't even want him around. Um, and then I think there's, like, a really great kind of redemption moment of that relationship, both relationships, the one between Ash and Chris Alverson and then Ash and Mr. Fox, both kind of get redeemed at the end. Um, kind of Mr. Fox says like, Hey, I'm, I'm glad you were the son that we had when I didn't know, you know, when your mom was pregnant, I didn't know what our kid was going to be like. I'm glad he grew up to be you. Um, and then, you know, just, and when he like Ash, kind of plays a big role in like saving them and and helping them beat the farmers and kind of showing that it's not all about nature. Like you can learn things and and grow um, and be valuable, even if you're not a natural born athlete who runs five minute miles or whatever Um, you're still, it's still nice to have you around. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good movie that raises some good 
questions. Um, very distinct style. Mm. Um, got any, got any questions that you want to ask? Obviously, we could say who do you relate yeah, to? Yeah, I was going to say that's film. my signature uh, is stole, coming back out. Stole your question. <laughs> uh, I would <laughs> say what was the bit that you thought was the funniest <laughs> like there's just a lot of this is a wes anderson and just a lot of comedies but wes mm-hmm. anderson uh loves to just repeat bits bring them bring them back over and over and uh there's some good repetitive bits in this film so mm-hmm. what's what's your favorite one is it the cuss is it the uh i think mine's the cuss yeah. <laughs> uh there's a lot of good stuff i think my favorite part of the movie was like the very beginning where we get the the couple fox and um mrs fox doing a heist together Mm -hmm. it was so silly and excellent and i love when he does the thing where somebody's in frame in one place and they pop out of frame for like a millisecond and pop up somewhere totally different (laughs) it just always makes me laugh i love the bit where they there's like a, a montage and they end up popping up at all the different like they're digging tunnels i guess they only thought to dig down for a while but then they're like let's dig sideways and then they pop up under all the farms and steal more and more yes. and and then they do their little yeah. dance in all the places they go i thought that was funny they're just <laughs> dancing in these yeah. farms um i um, think a question that is raised by this movie um is have you ever felt like mr fox where you felt like you had to be seen a certain way in order to be successful and how did that play out for you um or is that like still your view that you kind of need to keep pushing and and keep being fantastic to be valuable um and similarly you could go kind of focusing on ash and like has there ever been a time where you felt like you weren't valued for a certain reason and and kind of what what did that look like and how did that make you feel yeah that's a good one um some quick trivia before we wrap up which there's a ton of i encourage you if you enjoyed this movie (laughs) to go on imdb and just look at trivia um because there's a ton of great things um one of the interesting things to me is that for the dialogue recording um wes anderson didn't want to use a studio and so he went on location places to increase the naturalist naturalness <laughs> so they went out in a forest they went to an attic they went in a stable they went underground for some things oh gosh. um there was actually a scene where um the take they wanted to use for the audio was almost ruined by the sound of a nearby boat mm. um and so instead of like having to do it again wes anderson just decided that there could be an airplane flying through the shot <laughs> And so that's what they did. Wow. Which I think is cool to show some flexibility in filmmaking, mm-hmm. especially with something like this where stop motion is so methodically planned out because it has to be because it's so time consuming. Um, like uh, this movie has almost 56,000 shots, Jeez. which is a lot, a lot of shots. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And it's interesting too, with the, the way the animation looks, um, is deliberate how like you can see the fur kind of moving as on the characters as they talk and that's because of like the fingerprints literally of these of the artists doing the stop motion um and wes anderson also wanted that he wanted that to be a part of the movie 
because it was shot at 12 frames per second as opposed to 24. Mm-hmm. So making it more obvious, the literal fingerprints of the filmmaking. Um, yeah, just a lot of really interesting, fascinating stuff, um, including that this story is the very first book Wes Anderson ever owned as a kid. His mom wow. gave it to him when he was seven. That's cool. Yeah. And it took seven months to perfect the f- the first Mr. Fox puppet. Wow. <laughs> so you get seven months to make one puppet, and then you decide to throw a plane in there because a boat was going by while you're doing <laughs> audio. So I think that's cool flexibility. Hmm. Well, that's all the time we've got today, folks. See you next time on Connecting with Film, Bonding Over the Big Screen. That's just weak songwriting. You wrote a bad song, Petey. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>